a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly property. This week on the Pete Show, we talked to a young man, because he's uh, younger than me, uh, who's trying to decide, is he doing enough for his financial future? Now, before I bring him on, I, I, I would like to point out, it's a very important note, that lots of people ask themselves this question and lots of people ask me ask me this question what is interesting to me is the level of which they've addressed their concern with action and those paralyzed by the fear of not doing the right thing and i think there is no uh better example of our guest now we gave him a fake name and it's already escaped me he, he joins us now what, what fake name do we give you what's the fake name Devante. Devante. See, you know... It escapes you because I bet you haven't had a Devante on your We have not had a Devante. The only Devante I know of is <laughs> Devante Freeman, who uh, is a running back for the Atlanta Falcons. That is not you, is it? Nope. All right. But he heard me in fantasy, so I don't appreciate him too much. Yeah. So, uh, I actually, oddly enough, I've got uh, uh, Tevin Coleman as a running back on my fantasy team, but it would, no one cares. Okay. Devante, <laughs> you are concerned about not saving enough money. But as we look at what's going on in your life, uh, the numbers sort of tell a different story. Uh, and, and so explain further your concern, and then we're going to take a look at your hard numbers to see what has happened. Well, I guess that's our question. Um, my wife and I probably have both been in the working force for about six years. Okay. And so when we first started... Um, just looking at just how much we were contributing to our retirement satisfied the whole idea of saving 15% of our income for whatever the case may be. All the literature we keep reading, all the blogs always say save 15% of your income. So when we first started, just maxing out our 401ks was enough to satisfy that. Sure. But as our income has increased, we no longer meet the 15%, you know, goal just by maxing out our 401ks. So the question was, well, are we okay just with just saving for our 401ks and our 529s or that kind of thing? Or are we really supposed to be a little bit more aggressive about saving exactly 15% of our income? Oh, well, I love this question. Okay, good. This, perfect. All right. So how old are the both of you? I am 34 and my wife is 35. Okay. So you've married a much older woman. Yes. Uh, I got skills. <laughs> and then, well, you made me laugh. No one ever makes me laugh. Um, we should give him something for that. Like, it should be like, uh, make the jerk laugh. And like, if you do, you get, anyway. Um, what, what kind of jobs do you have? Like, what's your household income? Who earns what? You don't have to get super specific with what you do unless you want to, but help me understand these things. Uh, we're both in uh, nursing. Okay. I guess it would be the easiest way to say it. Sure. Uh, our base annual growth is about 280000 Okay. Uh, my wife is part-time and brings home about 100000 and uh, I bring home one eighty. Okay. So she's part-time and she brings home a hundy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. she like a specialized yeah. nurse? Is she like a, like a robot nurse? Like, how is how's that? A nurse can part-time uh, bring home a hundred? Yeah, we're both, uh, I guess we're both nurse practitioners. 
left the P off. Yeah. Um, so, that's <laughs> weird. Um, let's take a look at the numbers. Nicole, uh, Frank, punch, punch. If for those who are wondering, I always call Nicole Frank because the word Frank isn't her last name. So sometimes people are like, why do you, who's Frank? It's Nicole, okay? So everyone just relax. Devontae. Yeah, it took me a while to figure that I, out. I know, but everyone loves Nicole. Everyone loves Frank. This just sounds weird if you say everyone loves Frank. $280,000 household income, net monthly income of 11500 You got nearly a half million dollars in long-term savings. You're throwing away, throwing away, throwing a ton of money into 4400 a month into long-term savings. You got forty three grand in savings. Go through them all, Nicole. Hit all the numbers. Let's just do it while we got it. Uh, you got no debt, no medical bills. You have a car loan of 24000 you have a monthly mortgage payment of twenty one hundred bucks and a thirty year mortgage. How much is your home worth, Devante? Uh, about five hundred and thirty. So with that, it's a pretty new uh, subdivision we're in. So we're not paying the full property taxes yet, uh, okay. which I think our levy is going to be like two point six, two point seven percent. So I think when it's all said and done, our mortgage is probably going to be about thirty three hundred a month. What? Uh, and you're at twenty two hundred so, a month now. Yeah, right now we're like 2100 a month. So property taxes alone are going to increase our monthly mortgage by like $1,000 a month. What, what uh, area of the country are you in? Atlanta? What are you in? No, the Midwest. You are? I'm telling you. People, yeah, this whole concept of uh, lower cost of living clearly missed us. <laughs> uh so it sounds like, y y whether you said this to me before we got started on the show or on the show, you're the one sort of like really obsessed with this concept. Is your wife like totally over this whole thing? Is she like currently angry that you and I are talking or is she on board too? No, I think she, I think she thought my craziness finally fully revealed itself when I told her I was coming on your show because regardless of what I'm doing, your podcast is always in the background. Oh. I think my son thinks my favorite word is budget because it's always coming up on your podcast when we're in the car. Well, at least so, uh, he doesn't use some of the other words that I occasionally use on this show because <laughs> Uncle Peter sometimes gets out of hand. Yeah, we, we uh, I didn't appreciate it when you once blurted out stupid. Yeah. You caught yourself. Oh, my so. gosh. My kids get so... So they'll watch... I, I have a, For those that don't know, I have a radio show on Sundays in central Indiana, actually all of Indiana uh, now, and... Uh, if my kids are in the car with me on Sundays and I happen to listen to say, oh, what's, what, what, what are we doing on the show right now? What's Frank talking about on the show? And if I say the words, the S word, right? S-T-U-P-I-D. Uh -huh. They won't let it the rest of the day. Like they go home and tell my wife and then I like, it's awful. So I'm so, <laughs> dude, I'm sorry I did that to your cat. All right. So Devante, I mean, things, things are good. What we're trying to figure out and, and, and to prove how good things are, Nicole, show us his million dollar day. Cause it's like next week. It feels like July 28th, 2022, which is a day before my 22nd wedding anniversary. You'll be a millionaire, you and, and Mrs. Devante. So that's, that's pretty um, good, dude. Right. I, I don't know. Well, you're going to be 38. I guess that's part of my obsession is I don't know. You know, part of the reason why I like I like your uh, podcast is though you project the million dollar day, mm -hmm. but then you know you project what it's going to be in <laughs> thirty years and how much that money is really going to be. It's funny and you so, ask. Which once again, which which once again comes back to the question of are we are we good? Are we doing enough? Well, Nicole, Frank, pop it up there. Fifteen point five nine million dollars at age sixty seven. If you choose to contribute at this pace for that long. Your net monthly income will be $36,000 a month. 
And after inflation, that will feel like $16,000 a month after taxes, which Devante means you would be earning $5,000 more a month take home than what you're currently earning right now. So let me just cut to the chase. Long term, dude, you're fine. What, what you have to figure out, and, and this is unfortunately the art of it, not the science, is do you want to retire before 67? And if so, when? And if you retire prior to 59 and a half, how does that affect what you're doing now? Because sure, we could, we could put more towards the grind now, but if you do, I wouldn't put it towards what we call qualified retirement money, I would put it towards non-qualified investments. So it gives you the option to not work at, at 50 or prior to 59 and a half. And also maybe you or Mrs. Devante at some point in time want to scale back, maybe not uh, nurse practitioner as much or a, at all. And, and then how that affects uh, the numbers. So if you keep on keeping on, you're good to go. Like, I don't feel like you need to save um, a whole heck of a lot more for the long-term future, maybe for shorter or midterm. So how's that make you feel? It, it, it answers some questions, mm -hmm. but uh, it still leaves some questions. I, I'm still hazy on something. So going back to your uh, financial stages of life, yeah. one of your recommendations was outside of retirement, we should be saving 20% Absolutely. off our take-home. So I don't know... I, I, I was never really introduced to the whole idea of uh, short-term, mid-range, and long-term uh, savings. So I guess the 401k and stuff covers us as far as long-term. And so then now what's a little bit hazy is what we do both short-term so, and mid-term. And is this where that 20% you talk about, is that, where, is that where that comes in play? Frank, did Devante just become my favorite person in show history? I think Devante it sort of feels this way. <laughs> yeah. And I just, oh, by the way, this show uh, brought to you by Premier Protein. I'm holding up a protein shake right now. Tastes like a melted Wendy's Frosty, and it's filled with 30 grams of protein. That's Premier Protein. Sorry, that was a free advertisement for them, Devante. Devante, yeah, here's the, yeah. yeah here, have you ever had one of these? Uh, you know, the little, uh, little shakes? We, we, we have, we have. It's delicious. Uh, all right, so here's the thing. At 59 and a half, you and your much older spouse will be fine. Like you're, you're good. So long-term is completely taken care of. And we look at your short-term, Nicole, how much do you have in savings? Like 40, what do you got, Devante? 40 some thousand in savings? He has 43,000. Okay. Short-term, dude, you're fine. So now, uh, short-term to me is like a two-year period. So okay. we have to figure out what happens from two years to age 59 and a half, like what could pop up in your life that makes things difficult? We, we found around here that the toughest age is ages 47 to 53. We think that people totally miscalculate how hard it is to be 47 and 53 because of the age of your children at that time, because you're closer to the end of your career than the beginning of your career, because of health issues, because of, of what turns out to be a real midlife crisis. So I would say to you, as we try to plan for the midterm, it's making sure you got enough money for your kid's college because you're not getting financial aids based, aids based on your income. Um, and, and B, to, to make sure that if you shift your career because you're not fulfilled in what you're doing, that you have the flexibility to do it. 
you, my friend, are looking for flexibility at this point in your life. And you may not be able to save that 20% of your income until your house is paid off, until your kids are out of school. Um, and that's when you're able to check that box. So many people think, oh, I wanna get through all the four stages of my financial life as fast as I can. Cool, great. But that one's one of the hardest ones to not only max out your 401k uh, or whatever your available uh, retirement accounts are, but to also save 20% of your take home hay, that's really challenging to do, especially with a young growing family. So like that, that's where this conversation goes next is, is your family gonna grow? You have a two year old, is that what you said? A uh, three year old and a 16 month old. Three year old, so. And I'm hoping uh, it stays at that, okay. but my wife has got other ideas, so we're, uh, we're in negotiations right now. Here's the thing, I'm not a medical practitioner of any type, nurse or, or any of nurse equivalents. And I will say that I don't, I'm not even sure of how reproduction works. We saw a film on it in middle school. I covered my <laughs> eyes because my girlfriend was sitting next to me. Her name was Jennifer, and I was uncomfortable. I was sweating, and I had that youthful BO about me. Um, <laughs> and I'm still in, like, I'm sweating right now just talking about it. Could be Premier Protein really just getting me worked up. So nice. you don't think, so you're saying you don't think you're, you're going to have any more kids. So that is to say your 16-month-old will be in school uh, 16 years and what? I can't even do the math. 17 years from now, right? Right. I think that's your problem. I, I think that's your range. Is, is, is Your range is you've got a three-year-old who will be ready for school for 15. So I think you're 34. Dude, it's right in the range. At 49, your life gets super hard, dude. Super hard. That's what I plan for. Yeah. I mean, and for us, you know, you talked about um, whether we want to retire early or anything like that. And for us, honestly, we we don't. You know, that's yeah. the question every financial advice in the past has asked us, like, when do you see yourself retiring? Yeah. And, you know, we're like, honestly, we're, we plan on writing it out only because we love our jobs so much. Sure. The only thing we don't love is being dependent on our jobs. Um, best case scenario is when we get to the point where we literally don't have to work, but continue to do it. That's, that's the, we kind of had that feeling when we first paid off on the student loan and we were still in our starter home and yeah. all we had left was a $1,500 payment a month. Like the relief we felt at that time was one that we want to live from say age 40 on Yeah, where I don't have to work or my wife doesn't have to work. We do, we will, but it's, it's, it's not necessary. So, you know, so we, I guess that's what, that's all like our goal, which is the word you use perfectly is flexibility. It's one I've never been able to, I've never been able to truly explain what it is that we want for ourselves until you introduce us to the whole concept of flexibility. Well, I, I think what you try to do to get flexibility is to, you try to uh, eliminate the known factors, right? So retirement's this big, hairy beast. And, and again, I, I feel like you and your wife have 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 killed the hairy beast. You're fine. It's good. You're just dead. You can focus on other things. And um, around here, we have this saying around our office, make tomorrow easier. So what you're trying to do when you have all this headspace and this... Um, ability to focus on your financial life. What you're trying to do is to not take your current resources and utilize them for your pleasure and enjoyment. Now, you're trying to push that enjoyment down the road to make things even better and easier. 
which is to say, I appreciate you saying the feeling you had when you didn't really have student loans, how you felt good and you could breathe and you're exhaling and you know, you didn't feel like you were, you know, chained to your job. However, I think it's what you do now between now and age 49 will determine how everything else goes. Cause I think you can pretty much go on cruise control lifestyle wise. Um, right. I think you need to, to start, uh, you're putting a lot of money in 529s. I think you need to have some non-qualified investments too, which would just be like a regular brokerage account where you're, you're investing in some sort of, you know, tax sensitive account. I, I happen to use betterment.com for that sort of account for me. And the reason I do is cause uh-huh. they have uh, free tax loss harvesting. So if my tax issues look like they're going to get bad at the end of a, a time frame, the tax loss harvest, which, you know, lessens my exposure, but you need something like that. If you don't already have it, do you, do you have a non-qualified brokerage account? We don't, uh, partly because we're, I mean, I had a, an IRA for a short period of time and I was uncomfortable with that just because I was so uneducated in the world of investing and all that stuff. I couldn't First, that's why we started looking for financial advisors for somebody to manage that money, only to find out that, you know, my retirement accounts were doing better than the IRA without having to pay someone to do it. So then I just rolled everything over back into our uh, 401ks. And so since then, we don't have any other kind of individual, like, um, brokerage accounts that you talk of. That's and so then the other question came into play for us was, do we pay our mortgage first and then open a brokerage account that we start investing in? Or do we do simultaneous? Because, I mean, I guess now our goal is to have our house paid off if, in six years. Like, for me, to be debt-free at 40 would be amazing. I don't know if that's a realistic goal or it, what. It, it has or its... That also addresses our midterm. I mean, it has its merits, but if we're going to use math, right? Math and science are pretty close, right? You like the science because you're, you're an NP. Um, yeah. Math would tell us that you're you're better off not paying off your house aggressively. You're better off investing for 14 years from now, right? Because you're going to gain more on average, generally speaking, in the market than what you're saving and paying off a low-cost debt instrument. I mean, that's that's truly the scientific mathematic answer. Now, what 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 you're suggesting, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is sometimes when you talk about midterm goals, there's more art than science. The art of this would be to aggressively pay off your debt to give you this feeling of flexibility. There's two ways to have flexibility. There's to have money to create flexibility, or there's to not need money. And I think either approach is fine. I think if you try to go for both approaches, that's a bad idea. Because then you, you will both need some money and then have some money as opposed to have a lot of money versus not need a lot of money. I think it's the extremes right. of that are important. To have a moderate amount of money and to need a moderate amount of money is sort of a dumb thing. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and you've got to just choose one. And so then are we okay in choosing to eliminate debt before... investing well i mean it's like my favorite restaurant like the best thing on their menu is the cuban sandwich i mean it's delicious i always want to just place it i just had my first one on super bowl sunday actually you you had your first cuban sandwich this past sunday yeah 
What's gone wrong with your enough. life? Why did it take you so long to put a Cuban <laughs> in your face? I, I didn't know people who made them. Oh, so somebody brought them over well, and no uh, more they were worth the hype. Was it, was it the person Cuban that made it or was it cultural appropriation? Was it some like white guy? Uh, totally just a white guy. Oh, but white, you, you white. guys serve your purposes sometimes. No, we don't. We're worthless, trust me. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, my favorite restaurant has a Cuban sandwich, but they also have a delicious French dip, right? But the Cuban's the best sandwich, but sometimes they order the French dip. What I'm saying is, I think investing uh, aggressively for the future is the Cuban sandwich. I think paying off your house is the French dip. It's not the best option, but it's friggin' delicious, right? So it's fine, it's just not the best. And, and it, that, you shouldn't get off this call and go, well, I'm gonna change my mind. Do what you're gonna do. What you don't want me to say is you're the Caesar salad choice, where it's like, eh, like, you know, you don't ever want me to go, oh, what you're gonna do, eh, not that good. What you're gonna do is good. It's just, I don't, in my opinion, it's not as good as the Cuban. It's got weird, yeah. it's got super, here, let me ask you a question. You're firing questions at me. I gotta ask a question for you. You have patience, yes, right? As a nurse practitioner, you were, you were in the midst of patience, right? I like to think so. Okay. You ever, you know, sometimes you go in and you're like, hey, you need to hang your pants on the back of the chair. I mean, that's the nature of sometimes you go see the doctor and you have to take things off so they can look at things, right? Yes. Okay. Do you ever at any time to make the other person feel more comfortable also take off your pants just in an act of empathy? Have you ever, I, I have a friend who's a physician and I've recommended this to him and he's, he, he won't do it. <laughs> and I just want to know, have you done that? No, because being a Devante, yeah. some stereotypes are true. <laughs> I will create more angst for my patient because living in the Midwest. Oh, my you know. Lord. He took off his pants. <laughs> you know, there is nothing more humbling. My wife is not going to be very thrilled with what I just said. Oh, well, hey. Get, this is exactly get, why she didn't want me on your podcast. Well, here's the thing. Every day I go home, and my wife has to live with the fact that I've said things throughout the day that aren't great. <laughs> um, I always go to the doctor and they like, you have a gown on and your pants are on the chair and it's just really uncomfortable, especially if you do follow my tips and you try to negotiate medical costs. So here you are, there's this man or woman in front of you, you have no pants on and you're trying to do a cash transaction and they're, and they're either washing their hands or putting on latex gloves it's naturally uncomfortable. Well, I fortunately at 34, I'm not at the point yet where the doctor has to come in with a latex glove. Oh. I'm, I'm dreading it. So you know a thing or two about science and the body, right? I mean, right? Help me understand yeah, at yeah. what point in time someone decided as they're trying to uh, diagnose the wellness of another individual that taking someone's temperature rectally made sense. Like, I've always wanted to understand the origin of that. They're like, that guy looks sick. Well, Let's stick a tube of mercury I would certainly hope butt. that the last person who did that to you, you were like two years old. I don't I know. I've, nobody's doing that to you at 40. I have a bad sense of time. I could have been two. It could have been last week. Right, Nicole? I don't, I'm not good with time. You're right. All right. So how does someone figure that out? I mean, do you know the answer to this? <laughs> No, that's a, that's a beautiful thing about medicine. You don't ask questions. You just get told things, and you just take it for what it is. Right. And then yeah, I know. I present it to you. That, that guy looks ask, sick. You have to ask me questions. Let's put a tube of mercury in his butt. Like, that makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. It's like the two-man luge. The Winter Olympics is upon us, right? Two-man luge. 
at one point there was the one man luge and then a guy was like huh hey dude come lay on top of me let's just go down a mountain together <laughs> and then the two man luge which is a thing was invented does that not bother anybody <laughs> I'm sorry I got fired up Nicole, did you eat vegetables again today uh, I did have vegetables at lunch. You know, Devante. Peter. I know vegetables. Is that why you're being so spicy? Oh, we've talked I don't know. about this. I know. I get out of control. But can I answer any more questions for you, Devante? Because I feel like at this point, I'm just sort of turning oh, into a weird good. person. Yes, I have a couple more questions okay. for you. Okay, please. First, uh, one of them is our HSA. Okay. At what point do we contemplate investing one of ours? How much is? Especially, how much is I mean, it? at this point, if both our kids are. I guess, in theory, okay. Uh, my wife's HSA is about $3,500 in it, and mine is about 7000 in it. And now that I carry all our um, medical insurance, I'm going to be maxing mine out every year. Yeah, I, I would... So at yeah. what point do we start investing our HSA? I, I would do it for a couple... First of all, I love HSAs uh, a lot. I max ours, ours out every year. Based on the balance of your emergency fund, you can afford to take more risk with your HSA. It doesn't mean go crazy, but let's be honest. Let's uh -huh. say if you lost everything in your HSA, which wouldn't happen, you got 40,000 bucks, you're fine. So absolutely invest it. Um, just be sensible. I mean, it should be along the same risk tolerance as your other investments. So I would absolutely invest. And plus, let's be honest, from a healthcare perspective, you probably get free tongue depressors. So I mean, you could take care of each other, right? True. It's weird that someone pushes your tongue down with a stick. Like, I'm half of medicine is complete balderdash. It's not even real. It's like, hey, I'm gonna push your tongue down with a popsicle. I'm bothered. By it. I find it easy if you don't ask so many questions. Just take it. I'm a terrible patient. I'm a terrible patient. <laughs> you come in the room. I'm like, you don't have the mercury stick, do you? Okay. What's your next question? What's your next question? Um, in the past, financial advisors have talked to us about, uh, you know, all these different buckets and um, that we need to look into more tax-advantaged ways to save. And, you know, that's where the whole concept of are we, do, are we saving enough for long-term first came up because that's when they talked about, you know, your Roth IRAs and then sure. your whole life insurance, that kind of stuff, which had me feeling like I was being offered a salad, like <laughs> you put it, because I, I just was not... A fan. I tried it, and as soon as I tried it, and I just bailed out. Yeah. Like it, it just didn't make sense to me. Do we need to worry about other forms of saving that are quote unquote tax advantaged, or is my HSA, 401k enough, and then just the uh, brokerage account? Your 401k, your um, your 529, your HSA, in my opinion, are enough. Um, I don't think you're eligible for a Roth. Um, nope. Which is to so say, they talked about like the backdoor. Yeah, I mean, you could Roth. do the backdoor Roth by converting, uh, putting money into an IRA and then converting it over. But again, I, I think what you need is flexibility, uh, and that would right. come with non qualified investments, non tax advantage uh, investments. So that's what I would do. Awesome, sir. I think. Uh I think you answered all my questions. Sweet. Well, hey, man. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, good, good, good fake name choice. We haven't had a Devante. Thank you. So, uh, all right, man. Give it. Uh, we always like updates, so you can give us updates if something's going on. Thanks for listening, and I pre-apologize to your wife for what you said <laughs> on the show.
You are the pro. You goaded me into it. Uh, that's what I do. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. All right, that's it for this week's uh, million. Wait, I almost called it the old name, the Pete the Planner Show. It should just be called the Pete the Planner Show. I'm on it. These shakes are pretty good. They don't pay us to say that. These premier protein shakes, 30 grams of protein, 160 calories, one gram of sugar. Uh, you know, I do prefer the isopure drinks, though, because they're 40 grams of protein and there's no carbs, but they're friggin' expensive. Nicole, was that fun? Was that a fun episode? That was a fun episode. I like that fella. I'd hang out with him. Uh, that got creepy. What'd I just do? Okay, I'm leaving. I'm going to drink this shake. So, you know, Nicole, what you do when you edit this, just have me, like, somehow punch in on me drinking this as we end the show. Okay? Can we do that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings hey, from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound to travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, this I adjourn, 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 adjourn,